0: you're listening to the a scully cast brought to you by www.ascully.com and here are your hosts a scully and sid talk
1: good evening i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear one complaint about the hour of sleep you're going to be losing not you the the world oh I just want to start off by saying that I after 48 about it, years of my life of not being affected by the time change because it's one bloody hour, I don't want to hear it. So if the whole world wants to complain to me tomorrow, oh, I'm so tired. I lost an hour of sleep. An hour is nothing. Like it's nothing. But then again, I don't have a very regimented sleep pattern. So. No, I don't have any symptoms. I like things. to change... I'm sick of it. Like if you to know it's the happening. Before
0: I go to sleep. How about
1: this? You know it's gonna happen, so three or four nights ahead of time, start going to bed. bed. No, like Extra. fifteen minutes and a half an hour. Plan it. Or get over it. That's that's my that's my flight. Now if you have little children who are very regimented, they can't help it. Their their clock is you know, they're not aware. But you were grown up, so get the fuck over
0: it. Um <laughs> the only thing uh, it The only thing it used to affect for me was When I work in a uh, retail store Almost All the teenagers who work for us <laughs> Didn't come in at the right time
1: I night. worked night shift for 12 years And I hit it almost every year For about 6 years in a row In fact, we hit the time changes Forward and backward And that meant that um, Tonight, the night shift Because I go to work tomorrow at 6 Which is you know, A.m. 6 a.m., um, that means tonight the night shift will be there, and at 2 a.m., they have to turn their clock back to 1 a.m., and they get to stay at work an actual extra hour. No, so, forward. Spring forward. Is it?
0: Yeah, it goes forward. Spring forward, fall back.
1: All oh, right. So they don't. They, Either way. <laughs> it goes I forward. mean, I'm just saying, like, in that All of a sudden, it's 3 o'clock. At, yeah, for them, yes. And mm. for me, it's also, what does that mean for me? I get an extra hour of sleep, mm. supposedly. Yeah, because if it's two and it goes to three... Mm -hmm. (laughs) See? I'm so confused by it. That's why it doesn't affect me, because I'm confused. You only get the extra one in the fall. It all evens out in the end. It does. does. You're going to get it back. My point is, don't complain about it. Oh my god, Monday morning. Because on Sunday, nobody else is there. But on Monday morning, you'll be like, Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, oh my God. I think I'm going to make myself a button that says I don't give a blank, blank, blank about your one hour of like sleep It's like when people say they're really
0: jet-lagged. Like, yes, I understand that a little bit. Like, if it's five hours or six hours or ten yeah, hours. Yeah, but
1: see, I've done a nine-hour flight so to a country that's six-hour difference. But what we did was, once sleep. we got there, it was the middle of the day. So for us, time had actually gone backwards or something. So the time was before we left right so we got no. there in the afternoon which we left on our, our morning so we got there before we even left in our mind you know what i mean like time frame it took us like 20 hours to do the whole trip but what we did was my mother and i my mother who's you know 70 at the time we just went ahead and stayed up another 10 hours even though we were really tired and we've been up for 24 hours and then that night we slept really good and then we were fine like, you're fine. We well, we, were, yeah. we were, Every minute we weren't going, oh, for me, it's 6 a.m. Oh, for me, it's 3 in the clock in the morning. The only morning. thing
0: I really, I really agree with people who must get effed up by that is, like, businessmen who travel, like, you know, we're in Tokyo on Monday, we're in there. And it's a the, lot. And it's all the time. Yeah. If and you then,
1: haven't made the effort to somewhere in the middle get a few hours of sleep. But then again, it's up to you.
0: It is, but <laughs> like, I reckon you could be. You know, if you're that kind of maybe one of those entrepreneurs who's all over the world all the time, it might get then to you.
1: Then, if you've got a nine-hour flight, go to sleep.
0: Yeah, that is exactly That's the it. solution. That's but like, yeah. people don't do that, do they? They they no, drink. They'd rather be about it. Anyway, uh, it's not change your clocks forward tonight. <laughs> and as Sid talks confused, I'll tell you at two <laughs> o'clock, change your clocks forward. Only if you're in America, though. Don't do it in England. It's not not time yet. And. You'll lose an hour of sleep, apparently. Well, you will. It'll be an hour later when you change them forward.
1: <laughs> so it is Saturday. Or if you forget, and then you wake up at, say, 9 o'clock in the morning, it'll actually be 10 o'clock to everybody else. Yep. Here in America. So you will be an hour late, whatever you're doing. True. So before you go to bed, this is what you do. Change you go ahead and change all the clocks. I change them
0: at about 10 p.m. Just yeah. screw it.
1: Because <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> why pick two in the morning? I've never understood that either. In like,
0: the morning is the worst time because you're...
1: You're already an hour off. Yeah. You're either up an hour or too early. Change up at an hour night, get
0: used to it for a few hours, and then it's just normal <laughs> in the morning. So there you go. There's my tip. Change it at 10, <laughs> 10 o'clock at night, the night before.
1: Or be a re- revolutionist and don't go with the time change. Just live on your own hour off all the time and be like, fuck everybody. <laughs> I'm what? an hour off because you all give in to this proletariat bullshit about the time change and I, I'm not going to do it.
0: So so it is Saturday, March the 12th. This is after the show number 418. Uh, after the show is a movie review podcast where we obviously review a movie. And this week's movie is In the Heart of the Sea. It's a 2015 movie released on Blu-ray on the 8th of March. So you can pick this one up now. It came out this week. That's... That is correct, right? Yeah, it did come out this the suit. It's PG-13 from our friends at Warner Brothers, and Sid talk. me give us the synopsis of In the Heart of the Sea.
1: A bunch of men go out in the ocean and a whale kicks their ass.
0: Okay. So, um... This... <laughs> is that fair? Yeah, it, <laughs> is, it is fair. Um,
1: it is actually the telling of the story of when Melville went to find out the story about Moby Dick from one of the survivors of the actual ship... I mean, this is fictional. I mean, this is a fictional retelling of the possibilities on a literary academic level of what could have been told to him. But um, that's what it's about. That he actually went and spoke to a survivor of the ship, that the guy actually told the story of being banged by a whale. Or, you know, the ship was banged by a whale. That's and, another story told. <laughs> And this is just a, sort of a very. Romanticized... Yeah, it's like a what... It's a Ron Howard romp through history. Like a what if...
0: You know, this is not based on historical... Some of the people are real, but it's, it's a what if kind of thing. Really. Based on some of the real tales. Anyway, Moby Dick, one of the greatest American novels of all time. You as an American. Me as an Englishman, never read it. You as an American, tell us about the uh, your relationship with the novel Moby Dick. <laughs> do you want Dick? know how
1: many books I've read in my life? Yes. Not very many. And so if it's not very many, chances are that one's not amongst them.
0: I never read Moby Dick. We didn't do it at school.
1: I'll be very honest.
0: But we did all the English. Literary. You
1: said, oh, well, you must have because of school. And I bullshitted my way through every single book report, every single test of every single book that I was supposed to have read. And that includes college, except for one. And I read color purple. Color Purple.
0: The Color Purple.
1: Yes, and I have no idea why. It was good, and I was, like, sucked into it, really intrigued by it. But then I didn't read any of the others. I have read, maybe, Huckleberry Finn. Right. But maybe it was an abridged version. I don't even know. Now, some might say that makes you a less intelligent person for not reading a lot of books. The Books are just written by other people.
0: All right, then I'll ask you another question. Are there other um, film versions of Moby Dick? Like, it, it, was there a cartoon of Moby Dick? Because it's such a beloved thing, you think that there would be other versions of it. Probably that, that they show to kids as you know, cartoon or. I
1: don't know.
0: So you're not familiar with Moby Dick, really? Not at all. I mean, we all know the story.
1: I barely know the story. I know yeah. it's about a whale, and the guy named Ishmael.
0: A, leg- a legendary, the mm-hmm. largest of the whales. But
1: it's a fictional telling.
0: Yeah, it's a story.
1: Of what happened, allegedly, on a real ship.
0: So. Which could have been lies, could have been... It, yeah, there's a whole kind of yeah. mystery around the whole thing, so... I mean, it's the-
1: conceivable, but these days, you would think that now, in the 21st century, if a story like that had bases in reality, that we would be st- hearing stories now... Of ships and boats being rammed by whales all the time. We'd and have we lots don't. of video footage. We'd have lots of, like... As far as I know, we don't. And I watch a lot of news. And whales... you would say, like, once a month, you'd be like, Hey, today off the coast of whatever, this whale rammed It just doesn't ship.
0: happen, right? Whales not are that peaceful. I know. Like, I mean, they're not a shark. They're not, like, uh, they wouldn't attack a person. Don't yeah. think
1: sharks attack people anyway, just for the sake of it. Well, they
0: do if you're in the water. They'll,
1: not necessarily.
0: They, sh- they attack you because you look like they something might, to eat.
1: But they don't just... What
0: I'm saying is a whale won't go, oh, look, there's a person, go and smash into them. It, it, that's not what the whale's MO is anyway, so. <laughs> whales are peaceful, they're just, they just But go, we don't know they if they're down. peaceful. They
1: we have no idea that they're What peaceful. we know of
0: them, and we even watched a program about whales this week, <laughs> a, a wildlife program. They are... They're just doing their thing. Yeah, they're not predators, they're not looking, I mean...
1: But they can see things, and they can, I guess be curious about a thing that's floating in front of them in their in their world let's not be mistaken it's their world so um on
0: aside from all that what did you think of in the heart aside of aside
1: from all that that's all part of this
0: what did you think no i mean Paul, <gasps> that's that to one side what do you think of the movie in the heart of the sea
1: i'm gonna use that for my opinion so i'm not putting it aside mr dismissive what do you think of it
0: no, I'm asking you what you think of it.
1: What do you think of it?
0: I thought... Uh, my my I like it and I dislike it at the same time. Okay. All right.
1: I'll tell you what I dislike. No,
0: you're asking me. <laughs> right, so... Um, Ron Howard, I really... I like Ron Howard. I think he tells a good story and makes a good film. Rush was his last film, which I really enjoyed. The racing car movie. Um, and this movie... And he does have a romanticized view of everything. If you go and watch Rush, that's even the same thing. It's a romanticized version of what really happened. But with this movie, um, I really liked because uh, it—it's kind of—it changes what it is. Really, it starts off and it's you know about these guys going out wailing. and then it turns into almost like a survival movie, uh, like. Not a, not even about the whale after a while. Like, more about men trying to survive, like, in a really horrible conditions.
1: And that's what Moby Dick's really about, right? And that's man, the, man versus himself.
0: And that's the part that I really started to like a lot. Um, but what I didn't like about this movie... You liked a
1: bunch of men starving in a boat. Nice.
0: Yeah, I like those, <laughs> those parts. What I didn't like in this movie is, because it's like a PG-13, it's not quite as grisly as it could be. And secondly, it looks very green-screeny a lot. And because it because it is like you know it really is and it was also uh, done in 3D for the cinema and there's a lot of like obvious we're doing this for the 3D sake thing I, I, I know it's like like the cinematography in this movie I don't fully like it because it's a lot of it's right up in people's faces a lot it's really close and claustrophobic it, it doesn't do a lot of long shots there are some but it's a lot of like is a guy and they crooked and and then it's right up in the face and the colors of the whole thing have been like yellowed yep. and like weird looking. It's got a very stylistic thing. I'm that, Glad
1: you said that because that was my I think main makes it look impression.
0: Not very good. Like I mean, it doesn't make it not look very good because I do like the actually. I'm I'm in it when when this is something. It's not
1: happening. high def. I mean it is, but it isn't because high def is crystal clear is. and. But it isn't because high def. But it is. But it isn't Because high def means I can see everything crystal clear It might be done technically With high definition technology It's not high definition No I mean
0: It uses a lot of techniques in this Like It uses that Bokia filter Which I never like Where it Smudges everything It smudges the sides It's almost like Filming through a bottle
1: Yeah that's what I'm saying so it's yeah. not cr- real,
0: clear. No, I'm saying he uses he uses a lot of these. I know what you're
1: saying. I'm saying it's not clear, which makes it not like clear where you're watching a whale actually come up out of the water, which would be awesome because we have high-definition footage of that for real in real life. I mean,
0: there are no real whales in this movie. Let's... I know, but
1: I'm saying we have high-definition footage of that. There's no reason why it couldn't have looked that way. Because you can't say that, well, we want it to be blurry for what reason. I think because there were many shots that they couldn't make look exactly right so they had to make everything else match that that was my impression yeah, and,
0: and that's the reason I think it has that yellowy it has this yeah. yellowy filter that looks like everybody's sick Like, and, and I know they kind of are sick in most of the movie but it doesn't look real like there's a part where they're on the beach and they're all starving you know which part I mean yes And the sky's yellow, and it's just odd-looking. It it looks odd. It looks like um, Michael Bay got hold of it (laughs) or something, and colour-changed everything, which I don't think this movie needed. I think it it didn't need that. I think it... it, it, A movie I'm going to recommend this week, Master and Commander, is so natural-looking. It looks like everybody's at sea. There's no weird... uh, There's nothing weird about it. It's just straight up. They're at sea. It's claustrophobic. It doesn't stick the camera in people's faces to make it feel more claustrophobic. And that's the thing. And there was a scene right at the beginning of this movie where our hero walks into a room and he sits down at a table and two guys start to tell him stuff. Do you remember that? hmm Right at the very beginning. And the camera's behind him and then the guy starts to walk around the table and, the, and you know what? I was watching the movie and I was going, I'm not listening to what they're saying because I'm aware of the cameraman.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: And... Um... It's really odd. Like I'm like, why is that? Why is he doing that? He's, he's a bit? Is is over his shoulder and he's shaking the camera a bit. What like it doesn't need this. Like it doesn't need to be like that kind of movie. And then when it gets out in the sea, it keeps tipping the camera sideways and showing people like odd angles to. I think to emphasize. Oh, the ship's rocking and it's kind of gnarly at sea. Like, but it. it I didn't kept, notice that, but. It kept taking. out I kept going. Oh yeah, look at what the cameraman's doing. Oh now he's filming through a bottle or a glass or something.
1: Yeah, definitely a lot of. And those. now
0: he's and now there's a lot of CG going on because, at this moment, I'm looking at people talking. Yet the lighting doesn't seem right. Or and something. the
1: looping is really bad. Because there's me. a lot of
0: noise. Like
1: yeah, yeah. there's a lo- looping is when they've filmed the movie and the sound on the day isn't good enough, so they go back in the studio later and they mouth the words to their. To what they're doing, and while their mouths were fine, that wasn't the issue. It wasn't like out of sync or anything. It just but doesn't
0: sound like that. They either. haven't
1: added anything almost to the, you know, they haven't layered it enough to where you're convinced. So it's like really old movies that you're watching, where the sound is just like taped on the top of it. And I thought that was kind of. A, I, mean, I mean,
0: it's funny because the fil- the filmmaking almost gets in the way of of things. Yes, yeah, that's me. a good way to put it. Um, but the filmmaking is not bad. That's the that's the thing about it as well. It's weird. It's not bad filmmaking because actually at times it's like breathtakingly awesome. Like this you're like, holy shit, this is happening, it sounds really good. You know, look you know, the bit where they actually they get on some their little boats, I don't yep. know what they call and they and they they dug they've dug the harpoon into the whale and they, the, the the it's pulling them. Yep. Now that's quite clearly C G. I mean but but I was in it, like I was, oh wow, this is really awesome. Like it' It's good filmmaking uh, and it's not weird.
1: And, it's because I think it's a lot a good... of it was in camera, real stuff.
0: Yeah, people are versus
1: aren't... that little bit of a distance where all of a sudden everything in the background has to have that weird When there's moments Martha Stewart Vassal. Yeah, there's look.
0: moments in this movie where I'm going, "Oh wow, there's nothing here, is there? There's nothing. Even that the deck that they stood on is probably the real thing here." That's how it seems. Because yeah. everything seems odd. odd Even the their faces
1: face had a weird edge as if when they did the green screen, it was too much. I mean, I it's not, know. not,
0: it's not terrible. It's not like it you watch it on YouTube it's out But there are times when, when I'm
1: thinking of that. Yeah. Sometimes more than what's going on. Just like you said, I'm, I have to snap my, I have to blur my eyes or something to be like into what's going on unfortunately and
0: the the funny thing about that whole thing about me going oh yeah I'm aware there's a cameraman there I I was aware of it more during the scenes where like a guy is just sat in a room where Melville's talking to that guy in that room yeah exactly yeah it's like
1: that's why I said to you is this based on a play because it felt very much like someone was trying to take a play and squeeze it into the shape of a movie because they've had a stage idea of how this should be played out and now they want to force it into being a movie. I mean, it It feels literary,
0: like the the, the actual script, too. It feels... um, Theatrical. Yeah, like like it's... Yeah, theatrical or like it's on purpose. They wanted it to feel like the book. The book has that old tiny language in it.
1: But putting all of that aside, everything you've just said, let's discount all of it and say I really enjoyed the movie.
0: I, well, I, personally, I I enjoy it overall. I didn't really enjoy the movie. No, I um was distracted by those things. I like Ron Howard's thing. I don't think di- don't think the direction is necessarily Ron Howard's thing. I think it's the cinematographer. And, I mean, the way it looks.
1: Exactly. I don't think that's him, like him, uh, he's the story. He just wants person. it to look
0: cool, I think. Yep, like exactly. make it look cool. Like
1: those shots, like you said, the 3D ones where you've got all of a sudden you're in the bottom of the boat and you're watching a rope go past a rope the anchor. Sticking out for and, like seconds yeah. at a time. Now, I love that, but it's not consistent throughout. It's not made as if it were a gritty, kind of up close kind of movie. Mm-hmm. He just sort of patched together, and I think you're right. He takes on board cinematographer. On board. Mm, the cinematographer, the editor, everybody else's stuff and trusts them and says, Yeah so. man, that looks that was that would be so cool if we could do this or that. I think he's he's more of the story man. He wants them like he got this the cast over months to lose enough weight to look like they're starving. That's yeah, the awesome directing thing yeah. is he's part of that end of it and then he brings it all together I'm not saying I mean I enjoyed it thoroughly I thought it was other than the really bad accent we'll get to that whenever Thor comes up and a little bit of the you know it it,
0: it's not gritty enough it's not gritty for me me, it's not master and commander is where like being on a ship everybody's filthy it's really gross um you know, it's kind of vile. That's how that feels to me. This feels a bit like oh. like a
1: movie. Like you've just gone to Universal Studios and walked yeah, through the The pirate
0: ride. Or the... This
1: movie has yeah. been made into a, display, a presentation. Because it's sanitary, <laughs> isn't it? It's like in the beginning when they show the port and they're all getting to the ship. Now I was CG like, that did that look so. Mu- oh my god! That and everybody looked like they just came out of a stage show at Las Vegas. Who were dressed up to be that?
0: Where. Chris Hemsworth is working outside his house, and the camera. It looks
1: so terrible. I was like, I actually, "Are we on?
0: Are we on a different planet?" I because actually weird. tried like,
1: not to look at that again yeah. when they kept showing it. I was like, "Just cutting off." The
0: There's bottom. a lot of that. It's yeah. it's quite clear that the background is not real, and and I don't like that in movies because you don't need to do that. I feel really like this don't.
1: is it's like a storybook, you yeah. know, and the illustrate the illustrations rather than cinema things. And while all of that kept jumping out at me, I still enjoy it on the whole.
0: But it doesn't need... um, Yeah. It's not... There's nothing wrong with all what I'm saying. It's just a choice thing for me. I just don't like movies that look like that way. And I don't like movies that... Obviously, this movie... Yes, they did film some of it at sea for real. But most of it is CG. Like, most of it. So... It's a style thing for me. I would have rather it been a bit more real world and less CG in the CG. Don't get me wrong, though. The whales look real. There's no doubt about the whales looking... You know, when the whales are swimming and the dolphins are coming up in the water, I don't... I don't think that they're phony. It's more like... Oh no, it's more like there's a conversation between two people and you look out the window and out the window it just looks like you're in Oz or somewhere. It's just weird looking.
1: Yes, exactly. It's like
0: a glow to it. It's the wrong colour. It's not like anything you've ever seen. It's like, what? And and like you say, that ship port at the beginning, that just looked like there was one little road... And the rest of it was just green screen. It just looked like that. It it was, and we've seen movies where they can pull that off with realistic,
1: and not even know that it was CG. You go, whoa! Could have swore that was a real thing. So that's what bothered me about this movie. Um,
0: I, I like the story, even though it's quite basic. It's not really; it don't really pull any surprises on you or anything. It's pretty much what you expect. And I don't even, you know, me not being that super familiar with Moby Dick. It's pretty much what I thought Moby Dick was. But like, it's not the story of Moby Dick. No, Boy. it's not. But, I mean, it's, it's close to the story of Moby Dick, isn't it? I mean, it's,
1: it's not the Moby story Dick. about It's the, not like the book turned into a no, movie. No, not the
0: book. I mean, the actual... The book is based on some real-life documented stuff. Uh, questionable. But made into a novel. Like the guy says in this movie. He even says, like, I'm going to make this fiction like, when he's talking about yeah, it. Yeah, Exactly. But I will draw on some real events. But this events. is
1: about... Yeah, this is the... Yeah.
0: This is... Those real events. Real, in quotation marks, because we don't 100% know if all that was even real, right? Because there's an actual subplot in this movie where they're asked to lie about what happened. So maybe there was some lies back Because
1: some rich assholes who don't want to lose their whaling money.
0: Right. So, yeah, y- you can't 100% be sure whether any of this story was 100% real. I mean, we know there were whaling boats, we know there were whalers, we know, what? We don't know that a big whale hit a ship, because like like we said, that guy could have been lying to protect his ass. Could have been yeah. like, oh shit, I've run this ship aground, how do I get out of this? Yeah, exactly. Tell him a whale hit us. Because <laughs> we can't that sounds so it. sounds so much better. Yeah. So, I liked it and I disliked it. Yep. But I'm right in the middle of it. Like, it's not... I, I don't want to see it again. It's not that kind of movie It's at one all. of those
1: that my issue with some movies is they don't commit. It's not soft enough because we go to places that are gruesome and gory. Yeah. But there is no gruesome and goriness. Mm-mm. Okay? That's a non-committal thing. Partly because of their rating. Partly because, I mean, Ron Howard's not exactly the most controversial guy, is he? And on the other hand, it doesn't even push that at all. It's like... Do we want any spoilers? Because there is some extreme survival techniques, we'll say. <laughs> that could have been done in a much more gruesome way. That made you feel more for the people involved. But instead, we're very removed from it. Yeah, it just, and we just go, washes over it. Again. Oh, so they're going to do that. Because yeah. they're starving. <laughs> Let me give it to you this way. Some guy dies. Everybody's starving. You put two and two But together. it's not
0: like the movie Alive. You don't <laughs> see that. You don't see them tucking in.
1: you don't really know live either you see them it's all ice and snow and then you see them cut a little something yeah but you do see
0: people putting it in the mouths yeah but you don't know you can't tell what it is you don't see anything you don't it's not
1: like the really good um, what was it called Green Valley something something Green Inferno yeah
0: (laughs) but this isn't this isn't that type of movie but yeah yeah.
1: right I'm saying it doesn't commit to being that and it doesn't commit to being like a total Disney version either it's like uh, you know
0: yeah it's and it, yeah. But I, like I say, it's I think it's. When I say it's well made, I don't think it's hundred percent well made. I think some choices were, for my eye, not right. It's a big budget movie, though.
1: Visually, and they do know what they're what, doing. These people. visual is what lets it yeah. down about. I'd say fifty percent of the time.
0: Yeah, a lot of the time.
1: Whereas if you could just done it straight up, grit, gore, and a little more. Dialed back on the we want to make it look like 1823 with all of our theatrical clothing and our theatrical mud in the ground and just be a little more, you know, realistic about it. Maybe, yeah, may- it...
0: maybe, but I, I understand now. I, I can see what he was going for. He wanted like a, almost like a fairy tale version of a exactly,
1: it's like thing. a storybook,
0: yeah, and that's what he got. That is what it is, and it, you know the stories I, I, quite, I quite like the way the story is told you know I mean it's not new or anything it's a guy visits a guy tells a story to him we keep going to that story which is the film basically and then at the end it kind of wraps up you know like kind of like Titanic I guess <laughs> yep um, but yeah this, it, it's, it didn't surprise me in any way I did like some of the action sequences but more than not I, you know, more than not, they weren't They were were that good. There were some really good ones. That, I mean, there's one particular action sequence.
1: It's bit by bit really that you good, go, whoa, yeah. and then you go, oh, and then you go, oh, and you actually I think what I've done is filled in with my imagination to make some of them better, simply because I've always been completely fascinated by the ocean and creatures of the deep and wondered about it all. And so I've tried to kind of gloss over the actual weirdness of it all. It, you know, when you, like,
0: come out of a movie and you loved it. And you come out of a movie and you're, eh, about it. Or you come out of a movie and you're like, I hate it. I just hate it. Like, you know? Yeah. This isn't I hate it. This is, like, for me, it's just like, okay, I don't want to see that again. It, I don't get the fee- urge to see that again. I
1: support Ron Howard's
0: efforts. I love Ron Howard. Like, I I, do, <laughs> I really do like him. And obviously, he had a vision, and this is his vision, right? It doesn't 100% match up with my, my uh, tastes. So that's how I see it. You know? But if it
1: had been told a different way, it would have been. It's all about the style yeah. that lets it down a little bit. But still,
0: So um, I liked it. Moving on to the cast. Chris Hemsworth uh, plays Owen Chase, who you will know as Thor from the Marvel movies. What did you think of him? I mean, he's actually been in the last Ron Howard film, which was Rush. Uh, and in
1: that one, he was awesome. Yeah. And in this one, he is... It's like he's on a stage performing in a play. He's just okay. Like. And he's got a bad accent half the time. I mean, more he's just than got half his the time. Accent. It's not even working. He's trying to be the guy from Nantucket, which, you know, even then there's gonna be whatever the Nantucket uh thing is supposed to be. It comes comes and goes. And he's just he's moving through it because he's Chris Helmsworth. You know what I mean? He is doing that tough
0: He does all right.
1: He he's- does it fine. And to be honest, I liked it maybe a third of the time, but his accent drove me crazy.
0: Yeah, it's funny because um, I, I thought look... he was a
1: good to command very well. You know, he, I, I'm convinced he's the guy because the captain's kind of not Wish, the highly wishy-washy. respected. This guy comes along and he's like first in command, second in command, and he's supposed to be Mister. I know it all. I've been on the whale thing. I've killed a bunch of whales. And he does do that. So he does a good job of taking charge of that. But that's what he does in every movie. I think it's his personality shining through more than his ability to be this guy. Because yep. this guy doesn't have any distinguishing personality characteristics. Whereas the Captain guy, I felt like he was being that guy. You know what I mean? There was a certain... Uh, I don't know about his accent, because I don't know... Was he American?
0: Yeah, captain he was an American guy, yeah. But, um, yeah, Chris Hamzler, I really like him in Thor. I think, like, Thor's the part that he's, you know, like, he's perfect in that part. But in this... And he was good in Rush. I really liked him in it. But in this, it's just very... What comedy did we see him in where he was like a... Oh, it was that Wally World one. <laughs> where he was that guy.
1: Oh, yeah. he was funny, though.
0: With his penis. But like
1: he this. was in it. See, that's the thing. He committed to that character yeah. with traits of a different personality. This... It's like Thor just came to the ship. Yeah, it really is.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, and I know. It's like there's, you know, when they're all starving. Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth.
1: He wasn't quite as
0: starving. He wasn't quite as starving. His clothes just were
1: just
0: <laughs> I feel I like, like he wasn't
1: that. ready to commit. But then the he probably other
0: guy. he probably couldn't commit because Marvel wanted him to do a, a, that movie, uh, the next movie, in he's Killian
1: Murphy. However. He committed. I think so.
0: Well Chris Hemsworth, I think, probably had uh, another Marvel movie on the way, and uh, there's no way they were going to let him shrink down to that size. <laughs> so I, I, I was looking at him, I was like, look at them all. all. You can see the ribs and everything, but Chris isn't taking his shirt off, and he's just got a big shirt on now. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that must have been contractual. I, you're not allowed to lose that much weight. So um, second up was Benjamin Walker, who played George Pollard, and he's the uh, actual captain of the ship. But not really. I mean, he's just like a right.
1: Apparently, we understand a little more of the politics even through this fictional thing. That as a ship captain, it wasn't like you earned it necessarily, but you were part of a born rich, into it. Yeah, family. So he gets it. And this guy, what's his name, Owen Chase, who we've just been talking about. Chris Hemsworth was like nobody, but he just worked on ships enough to now know enough. This yep. guy, though, I felt I was convinced he was this. Rich, conflicted. Didn't know what he needed to know, but he thinks he knows enough. And then, of course, it comes back to bite him. And I felt like each and every time, it was his, you know, his kind of scene. I felt like I, I understood him better as a character than I did the other guy.
0: Yeah, and he—he he was, you know, he, I think this guy, um, Benjamin Walker, actually played this character well because he was weasley kind of, and he was. Uh, in it, not very good at his job, like, and it, and when the crew kind of lost confidence in him completely, I felt it. I felt it for him because it's like, what the hell, you know? Imagine being in that position and nobody gives yeah. a shit about you, but you're supposed to be leading it. So yeah, I did. I liked him a lot. Killian uh, Murphy played Matthew Joy. What did you think of it?
1: Like we all him better know better than he's. I like him. It didn't have a lot to say, but hmm. I felt I understood his thing. He's like third in command. Basically, I don't know what that would be on a ship, particularly a whaling ship, but he's friends with our main guy, Chris Helmsworth, and he's not that fond of the captain guy, but this guy also knows everything there is to know about running a ship, and he's tough. You can tell he's got scars everywhere, and then we even know he's tough because he gets injured at some point. But I was... He doesn't
0: get a lot of screen time for being such a big... Um, I, you know like a big name in this movie he doesn't I, I was like wow well, I'm surprised he more yeah but his impact is
1: important yeah. that I'm convinced he is that guy more than even the other two yeah that they went and plucked a guy off a whaling ship in 1821 and, the, <laughs> and that was him Killian Murphy back uh, in the day
0: Brendan Gleason plays Tom Nickerson there's, a, there's a, a separate part of this movie where Tom Nickerson and Herman Melville who is the writer of uh, Moby Dick um are talking in a room, basically.
1: Not the real Herman Melville.
0: No, not the real
1: one. No. That'd be stinky and gross.
0: So Ben Wish, Ben Wishlaw, who you will know, who plays Q in the new James Bond movies, and Brendan Gleeson, who you will know, is a very um, established English actor. Uh, well, Irish actually. I liked the scenes with them a lot. Mm-hmm. They were almost my favourite part. Yeah,
1: of the I film. did too. I thought it was in, it was. It I looked was, better except for that camera moving thing.
0: Yeah, I often wished it went back to them more. You know? Because it, it, it only goes back to them maybe three times, four times. But I, I was like, oh, wow. Sometimes I was watching the stuff out of sea going, okay, let's get back to them. Because I, I like that he's telling the story. And I like the wife is trying to kind of... He's a drunk, so she's trying to like... You know... He could lose them money. He is. (laughs) He was 14
1: years old on the ship. And now when we come forward in time... 1821 is when the ship went out. He was 14. The story is being... Now we're up in 1850 when Melville is actually interviewing him, basically. Getting the story. Because he's the last survivor. Yep. So that's where we're at. He's telling the story of his first... Ever going out on a ship. And telling the horribleness of it all. As if he's kind of stuck in time. And that's what his wife wants him to get over it like and i, you I mean know, he saw that.
0: some horrible shit and yeah it, it affected him for the rest of his life so <laughs> yeah. um i um, talking of like the young version of the brendan gleason character is played by tom holland who uh this week is especially noteworthy because uh, the marvel civil war trailer came out and uh, they introduced spider-man and spider-man is tom holland so he is about to
1: well after surviving all that he's pretty
0: tough he's about to really hit the big time because he's uh, going to be a Spider-Man he's getting his own Spider-Man movie and he's or is not because the last movie.
1: Spider-Man didn't really win everybody's hearts yeah, over
0: yeah but Marvel Marvel now have Spider-Man so they're if you think about what Marvel have done in this last 10 years with superhero movies they haven't really done anything wrong have they they really handle their own thing properly I can't think of a misstep in all of it true you know, so I I think we're finally going to get a, a great Spider-Man story that, that's different from other ones we've seen before. But uh, this uh, Tom Holland, I really liked him in this. He was almost one of my favorite things in the movie. He's just this young boy on the and he
1: didn't say very much.
0: No, but the fear and the. Cause it's scary, what you know, when they throw him in the whale head.
1: Did you think of yourself as a fourteen-year-old boy being put in that actual circumstance? Yeah, it was like the most stress <laughs> ever.
0: Like you know, uh, I think he played it really well. This movie is directed by Ron Howard, if we haven't said it already. He directed. Opie Richie. You know who he is? He's a uh, Happy Days Richie. He is um, Opie. the director of a, the great film Apollo Thirteen, A Beautiful Mind. You know, he's had some good movies. Uh, he's it was in Far America. and Away. American Which Graffiti. He
1: was in. Um, he was in it. Didn't direct it. George Lucas. Yeah, he was
0: in it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He was like the star, wasn't he? Pretty much of American. Yeah, but he
1: movie. hasn't really done much since then, film-wise. Since American Graffitis.
0: You mean actually being in movies?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: true. Because he cause he took to being a director <laughs> yeah. and he's made lots of direct. Rush. Um, so yeah, I like Ron Howard's work. I th- he is very sentimental and uh, is everything. Think of. Think back at Apollo thirteen, think back at a beautiful mind. They're all they're not gritty movies. They're very Hollywoody, they're kind of old schoolish. All of them. And that's kinda of what he does, right? So this movie fits with those. If anything is slightly different to movies that he makes, it's Rush. I think it's I think that was a little different for him. And also a topic that you was
1: You might have to go to who his people were. Was a different cinematographer, different editor, you know what I mean? He doesn't seem to stick with the same crew, at least that's not the vibe I get. He Mm. might have a few people who follow him around like a lot of directors do, but that movie had such a different everything that I'm guessing he had a different um, cinematographer at least.
0: Yeah, so um, the Blu-ray of this movie has some special features. It has quite a few special features to be honest. It has um Ron Howard's captain's log. What would you explain that as? It's,
1: well, he tweets during his filmmaking and he just discusses some of the tweets.
0: It's it's it. broken into these very short like sometimes a minute, sometimes 2-minute pieces. There's a bunch of them, maybe last 10 minutes total. Um but yeah, it makes me want to go and follow him on Twitter because he does post a lot of cool photographs. Um you can also see uh this the back of this box doesn't really explain it properly. There's deleted scenes, there's extended scenes. There is it doesn't even say on the back that this is on this is on the disc. But there's an actual thirty minute documentary. Doesn't even mention it on here huh. that we watched. I can't say the name of the place because it's almost impossible to uh, pronounce.
1: But it's not impossible to pronounce. You just don't know how to pronounce.
0: It. It's a real life. What would you? What was it called? Like? It's the
1: place where this the captain of this movie was a real-life captain in real life, and he, this ship, the, um, what was it called? Yeah. The ship in the movie, obviously, is taken down by a whale. He then goes out on another ship, and that ship hits the atolls around the Hawaiian Islands, which hadn't been mapped at all yet. So, it crashes. He then survives that, barely, and in real life. And now, 200 years later, 150 years later, they found... What was it called? The Stop. Two Brothers was the name of the ship. And they found relics from that ship wreck. And so that's what ties it back. And so that's what they're saying is that... And it's Hawaii. And he's from Nantucket. Which kind of shows you the journey that yeah. those people take. And they didn't have any crossover. They had to go all the way down. There was no Panama Canal. They had to go all the way down around the Cape of South America. Right? All the way down there. All the way back up. So and this is...
0: It's like a... It's a documentary kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's almost
1: like a promotional thing for, for them, the yeah. To go and see it maybe. Yeah, cuz there's going to be a I'm sure cuz it's a, center. right cuz it is an actual wildlife park. It's a safe zone. Well, there's some now. nice
0: underwater photography. Oh, area. really
1: nice. See if you could do that. Yeah. We could have had really good shots of the whales in the movie.
0: But that isn't even mentioned on the box, and that's I thought that was one of the best extras. It's like a 30-minute, you know, about the real you know, it shows you, some, it shows you the anchor off that ship under the water there where they, they find a lot of stuff from that ship. Actually, for real. Um, yeah, deleted scenes, extended scenes, a bunch of featurettes. There's a lot of stuff on this disc um, for you to have a look at. Uh, there is no commentary with Ron Howard, unfortunately. So, conclusion, in the heart of the sea, as I've discussed, it's really... It's a well-made film. <laughs> it's just not to my taste visually. Which kind of brings it down a little bit for me. I agree because it stopped me concentrating on it, and I was looking at camera moves, which I shouldn't really be doing when I'm watching a movie. I shouldn't be going, "What the hell is that cameraman doing? Why is he going there? Why like stop going over there? In I in want it. to look yeah. at that guy." Like, you know, I agree. That's really annoying to me. <laughs> it's like,
1: but then we take another step back, and you think about the adventure and the action of it, and that's that's what I liked about it. And also I felt like it was of- an
0: adventure and epic. You know, the actual.
1: And it made me Julie. root for the whales.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. I wasn't going, it Oh also poor makes humans men didn't look get shitty like you know, <laughs> like what we're doing. Like we just this is beautiful. It doesn't,
1: it doesn't. It. it does show as you know, humans do their thing to try to survive and move forward in whatever endeavors. It's just that this doesn't cu- give any thought to what they're doing until that one scene where he's like Yeah. happens and then he's like all right oh you know what am I doing and I'm gonna say that the word I'm gonna pick you know every week I'm gonna pick for my five words and this is just action-packed I mean it really is it's not every single scene but it feels after it's all over you're like oh man I mean I feel like I've been yeah yes exactly so action-packed is my word for the
0: So uh, thank you to Warner for the Blu-ray. Next week's Blu-ray review will be the Oscar-nominated, actually Best Picture-nominated, The Big Shot*. We'll be looking at that next week. Uh, if you want to enter a contest and win some Angry Bird um, goodies, go to aschoolie.com contest and you can win. So movie recommendations this week. We're going to recommend you some movies. I am going to recommend you movies uh, based around Heart of the Sea. And I would recommend, I said it earlier, Master and Commander with Russell Crowe. It is my favourite on a ship old-timey movie. It is gross. It is action-packed and really gritty and feels very real and claustrophobic and it doesn't make it look very glamorous to be on a ship. Correct. Uh, And my second one is Rush, uh, which was Ron Howard's last movie. It was a really, really awesome movie. It's about uh, Formula One motor racing back in the 70s. And... um, this rivalry between these two guys and it's a really, really compelling story and I think even people who are not into motor racing will understand the story. Yeah, the rivalries. Yeah, I did. So, uh, yeah, Rush and Master and Commander. And you are going with?
1: I'm going with my continued series in 2016 of trying to list for you all the movies I've ever seen or been able to remember that I've ever seen. And we are now at the A's. We've gotten past all the numbers, and now I'm into the A's. So at the top of my A's would be... And these aren't recommended because they're good. They're recommended because I've seen them. And if you want to catch up with me...
0: Well, this first movie is really It
1: good. is. It um, is. AI which is Artificial Intelligence, Steven, Steven Spielberg. I um, should watch that again, because it could be outdated at this point, but I really liked it at the time. Aeon Flux, which was surely their own.
0: That's spelled wrong. A-E-O-I. I just copied it
1: off of um, IMDb. It's A-E-O-N. That's what it says. I mean, oh. I just copy and paste them, so mm. they might have spelled it wrong. Um, it was all right. Mm. I like the idea of that, but it's the same idea as any other. We're an oppressed society. Everybody looks perfect on the outside, but we're all controlled. We're puppets on strings, kind of thing. It's very much like what Gattaca, and where everybody's like a robot trying to be perfect on the outside, but something's going wrong on the back end of things. Didn't like it um, about last night. Was that about Schmidt?
0: What's about last and night? about
1: time? See, so just, I'm giving you a theme here of movies. About Last Night? Which one is it? Don't act like you don't know what it is. Rob Lowe, me more.
0: Oh, I don't think I've seen it.
1: Oh my Rob God. Lowe. How old are you? You're supposed to have watched every 80s slash 90s movie. I've seen
0: About <laughs> Schmidt and About Time. About Time. I'm about really Last Night's
1: not good or anything. I'm just saying. It was one of those. You If you watched all their other movies of those people, you would want to be like, you know...
0: I really like About Time quite a lot. We've actually done a podcast on the review of that one, so if you dig back, you can find it.
1: Why why though? It's such a weird thing. About Time, the one where he tricks a woman into marrying him.
0: Yeah, but it but it it's not it it actually confronts that as well.
1: It doesn't, cuz he ends up with her and happy.
0: I like it. I really like it. Richard Curtis. But I mean, he basically
1: my... tricks her. Into having sex with him tricks her into falling in love with him by But there by are trickery. consequences
0: in the movie. It's not just... It's
1: not bad.
0: Uh, it's, it, nah. There, there are different versions of the timeline that you see that and are, are pretty bad.
1: But ultimately, no.
0: No. Well,
1: <laughs> That's but what I, I really liked
0: it. I thought, I thought it was good.
1: And uh, about Schmidt, which was good too. Was one of those.
0: Alright, so Games and A. Scully stuff this week. I have only been playing uh, one game, actually. Uh, Clash Royale on the uh, Android tablet and that is, if you've ever heard of the game Clash of Clans which is a really big mobile game the guys who made that have made this new game called Clash Royale and what it is it's uh, a card game like Hearthstone but you don't play with the cards you collect the cards and each card is a character like a 3D character and then you take the the characters and you have a short they only last 3 minutes each, the battles but it's it's you against a real-time opponent that it picks out of a random. And you both play against each other. And you take your card, your little characters, and you try and take their um, castle out. They have a castle at the top. You have a castle at the bottom. They're trying to knock your castle down. You're trying to knock their uh, castle down. And you've got the cards that you've been collecting throughout the game are what, your little units that you can send out. So... It's kind of a game of who's got the best cards and who plays the right cards at the right time. But it's real time. Like You're dragging little men out onto the board and they're going out fighting each other. Um, It's really cool. It's very addictive. You win chests and then you open the chests and there's stuff more cards and more upgrades for your cards in the chests. So it's one of those games where you're like, Oh, I just want to get one more chest. Open the chest, open the chest. You can pay money to buy chests or buy cards... But I yeah, I told I've said that before. I don't ever do that. I just play. And then when if it ever gets to a point where I feel like, oh, you really have to pay to play this now. I kinda lose interest. Um and then disappear. I might spend a little bit on one of those games, but never get that too into it. So that's Clash Royale. The other game I've been playing, and I can't really comment tons on it, but I will say it's kinda cool so far. It's called um Stardew Valley. Or Stardew Valley, if you're um, an American. And uh, it's a little. You
1: mean because we say it correctly?
0: It's an 8 bit game. Um, I would liken it to an indie version of Animal Crossing. Or. Um, you basically. Your granddad dies at the beginning of the game. It's 8 bit graphics. Granddad dies. He leaves you the deeds to his farm. You go, you quit your job, and you go and live at the. You go to the farm, and then you realize the farm's in disarray, and the whole game is you making. You live in this town where the farm is, and you're making money, and you're repairing the farm, and you're planting things and you crop. You know, it's like, it's like one of those kind of games, like Animal Crossing a little bit. You can go and get a loan from a guy, a big guy, and then you. <laughs> But you might guy. need a plough to plough the field, you got, you know, all that. But it, it's it's made by one guy. It's really cool graphics. It's kind of charming looking. And it's uh, on Steam, so you can get that on Steam. Uh, so, Sid Talk, what is for dinner?
1: Tonight will be some leftover rice, because last night we had some curry, which was amazing, and some rice. And I'm going to do some crumbles with some we still got sauce. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Not enough for both of us. So we're going to have some other additional sauce. Um... With the crumbles. Crumbles being Morning Star. Because we don't sneeze. eat. Bless in advance, even though I don't believe anyone can bless you. No, I'm not. That's <laughs> such power. I swallowed that of sneeze. Of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> how, unsatisfa- how unsatisfying that is, isn't it? Yeah. Then you're like, oh, I love sneezing. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. I think it's very satisfying. Um. So, yeah, the crumbles are the veggie crumbles from Morning Star. And I usually like to cook them and make a little gravy kind of saucy stuff with it. Some nutritional yeast. And with the rice, I think that would be quite good. Or it might be macaroni and cheese in the crumbles. We'll see.
0: And your advice for
1: this week? My advice is mean what you say. Like, own what you say. Don't be one of these assholes who says a bunch of shit and then later you go, Oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean what I said. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Even if it was in that moment, that thought came to your mind and you said it intentionally to hurt someone or to whatever you think, enlighten someone, as I often think I'm doing. And then later, you want to take it back like you're some kind of con artist. Bullshit, I say. If you say it, mean it, and then deal with the consequences. If you hurt somebody's feelings... And they're all like whiny about it. Or you are genuinely hurt their feelings. Then you say, I did mean what I said. And this is why I said it. And this is why I thought it. I've rethought it. I wouldn't have said it that way. Or maybe I need need more information. Or I wasn't thinking about it from your point of view. And that's why I said it. But I did mean what I said. And you can apologize if you want to apologize. But don't say you didn't mean it. Because it makes you sound like a piece of shit. I just think that that's such a wussy way to be in life. If it's going to come out of your mouth, own it. Like, own it. Even if it's really terrible and you have to later realize that you've completely crushed somebody's little feelings. You did that. It wasn't You weren't taken over by some weird bullshit fantasy spirit of any kind. You just said it because you meant it and now you want to backcrawl all over it. No. Just... Confront it, like. That's it. That's my advice. Don't good advice. Back, don't backpedal on what you say, and if you don't mean it, don't say it.
0: That's good advice. Succinct and to the point.
1: <laughs> Was it? Yes. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic?
0: Yes. So, so let me remind you about <laughs> our websites. you're gonna say,
1: "Oh, I didn't mean what I said about that." You were not. You were being succinct and to the point.
0: Ascoli.com <laughs> and Sitar.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can't catch this uh, podcast on Stitcher at the moment because it's still broken and they, they're telling me it's my fault, but it actually isn't, so... Someday... It will. That's okay.
1: They'll apologize later and tell you they didn't mean it.
0: Uh, you can catch it, actually, on iTunes, the Microsoft Music Places, or the RSS feed, com slash podcast. You can listen to it on the page or you can download it from the page or you can subscribe to it on any RSS feed. Uh, I use Feedly. You can... Uh, Email feedback to me at, ascoli at ascoli.com and you can not email Sid Talk. She do not want your email. And finally, stay classy, Mr. Ron Howard. I do believe you are a good filmmaker and just this one wasn't 100% my cup of tea.
1: I'm going to say think for yourself or someone will do it for you.